Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. <laughs> That's right. That's good enough. <laughs> oh boy. Let's dive in. Our guest today is a Jewish army officer. He's a well-known radio host. He's been on the air for six years. He is the king of networking, a hometown hero. I'm so excited to talk to him about the army and how it's changed his life. Shalom, welcome. What was it like being unplugged during your training? It was actually so crazy in so many challenging ways. I mean, being being disconnected from family and friends and all that, but in a way so relaxing to not for three months, not have to make any decisions at all. Just completely not be in charge. The nice thing is after joining the army, part of it was the ability to obviously serve. But it's interesting because I stepped back from everything, literally 100% of everything I was involved in. I came back to a completely clean slate. I'm always going to be busy for the rest of my life. I'm able to start from scratch and pick where I want to be involved. It's crazy how life sometimes takes control of you. And I was involved in everything that I loved and everything that, you know, is making money and, and doing all good things. It's nice to have that, that moment of reset. I just wipe every paying client off my list. I feel like that is enormous clarity. It's like an up level too. And I know it sounds like a midlife crisis, but it's not. That was not why I did what I did. It just happens to be a side benefit. I think COVID was honestly a, a sign from God of take a step back, hang out at home, hang out with my wife. I'm here, been cooking. And it's fun because slowly but surely I've been able to reconnect with friends like you. Like actually take a step back and I'm as relaxed as can be. I have to say, I can tell. It's a detox. <laughs> Why did you join the army? First and foremost, to serve. I say this to everybody that's willing to listen. Less than 50% of my responsibility and my service in the army has anything to do with the army and military responsibilities. Obviously, you have to maintain your readiness at all times. And ultimately, I know what I train for. But I'm privileged. I'm an officer. So I'm privileged to lead 57 young men and women, you know, America's best. That's a responsibility that I don't take lightly. As my commander told me when I got started, Klein, you're their daddy now. And it's true. I'm able to be their mentor. I'm able to help them. Mind you, we're all citizen soldiers. They also have a civilian life. We put a lot of stress on them, a lot of stress, more than just the couple of days a month that we train together. There's a lot of responsibilities in maintaining your military bearing and maintaining your military readiness every single day, every minute of the day, and so on. Leadership is a very not so distant second after service. I've always obviously respected service, never thought I would join the army, but always wanted to find ways to lead and to continue to use my energy to try to make a difference. It's a really crazy chain of events of how the idea came to be and how it came to fruition, but ultimately when posed with the opportunity, 
I didn't think it would actually happen. I thought there's every reason in the world why it wouldn't happen, but I was willing to take the chance. It's something that's a big part of my life. It's a huge responsibility and one that I don't take lightly. What were the barriers? Age. I'm young. I'm, I'm 30. I went in at 29, and 29 is, is young, but 29 is old when it comes to Army and military standards. It was just all these like random complications and whatever. Additionally, both personally and professionally, my wife and I love to travel. I mean, you did leave out one other thing that I'm curious about, and that's that you keep kosher, you keep Shabbos, right? I have a very strong foundation on on who I am. When I went in, I went in with a strong backbone of knowing who I am, knowing what's important to me, knowing family is important to me, knowing obviously my Judaism and my observance is important to me, and knowing my service is important to me. In every moment of life, you have to, I wouldn't say reprioritize, but you have to make sure that you know your surroundings and know how you're going to be the best you that you can be at that time. What I mean by that is when I went in, I went in knowing that for the first three months, I'm going to be disconnected from family. And so I knew I've got to put myself all in, physically, mentally, in every possible way. I have to put myself in to be the best soldier that I can be. The reason I'm going into all of that, to answer your question, when it comes to kosher, when it comes to Shabbos, is in coming into the army, the army was the most important thing to me. So I went in knowing that I am going to train according to standards. So Shabbos is like pretty much any other day of the week. Interestingly, there's services on Sunday for all religions. I didn't hide the fact that I was Jewish. When it comes to kosher, I kept vegetarian. Did you feel closer to God through that experience? 100%. The first couple of months, especially being without communication, you have a lot of time to, to think. You also start to really appreciate who you are religiously, and you start to see God in in everything. When you're in these experiences, you absolutely see God in everything that you do. What was it like leaving your wife? (laughs) Crazy. She has been just an incredible support in every way. Listen, I have to say that it was hard for me, way harder for her. For me, flew by so quickly. She was here during the first three months. We spoke probably all of three times. She would write me letters. As time went on, things got a little bit easier. We were able to stay in touch more. When talking about service, I may be the one putting on the uniform. Uh, She's the one that serves certainly just as much, if not more. Was it weird coming back into keeping Shabbos? Everything is weird. It takes a little while to get comfortable. It's weird being a citizen soldier. For the most part, not everything about life is the same. People don't understand what a citizen soldier actually means. I'm on the Army Reserve side, so I'm only on a federal mission. So I would not be called up for most of the things that people have been called up for recently. I don't think that there's been a single day that I haven't been on call with something going on. So all of my soldiers work in a civilian, either law enforcement or healthcare capacity. There's just a lot of things that, that when you're a soldier, you are a soldier first and foremost. Had you shot a gun before you joined the Army? My wife and I had been to the range once, maybe twice. I definitely would not consider myself to be 
avid marksman or, or gun hobbyist or anything like that. Coming in the fourth week of being in the army, you are issued your rifle. And pretty much that literally you eat with it, you sleep with it. It's everywhere where you are. I named my rifle Bertha. For me, it was learning from scratch about how to clean a weapon, how to load a weapon, and how to shoot a weapon for sure. Did you have an issue with modesty while in the army training base? In basic training, you live in one bay. It's all men. It happens to be a Fort Benning. When you're out in the fields, you're with everybody. That's not to say that there's not concerns that take place. For me, you know, modesty was never a concern. How is this going to affect your radio show? So when I went in, my goal was, I just want to be a regular Joe, as we say. I just want to show up and I just want to train and I just want to be a good soldier. Hey, I think it was a couple of weeks in, one of my drill sergeants, either he heard from somebody else about my radio show or he Googled me. And found my radio show and I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. Because the goal is always, especially when you're in basic training, you just don't want to stand out at all. The best lesson that I learned was in basic training, don't volunteer for anything. Don't be the worst at anything. Probably don't be the best at anything too. Just stay right there in the middle. I had my shows pre-recorded before I left. I've been on the air now for over six years and the radio station was incredibly supportive of my service. When I came back, I made a big part of my show, at least one segment every single week. I dedicate to either featuring a veteran support organization or a veteran-owned business. That has been amazing. And for me, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm constantly trying to make sure I'm being mentored by the best. I also started a podcast called We All Serve, which I've been recording weekly, where myself and my co-host, Robert Lewis, who works at the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs, we feature veterans, really talk about leadership lessons from service. These are folks that have been in for a lot longer than I have, and we pick their brain on how their military service inspired them. We've done four episodes now, and it's been it's been amazing. I have gotten involved in the ESGR, the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve, which is Department of Defense program, which advocates for those that serve, like myself, in the National Guard and the Reserve for our civilian employment rights, our rights, the USERRA Act protects our employment for whenever we're activated to ensure that our jobs wait there. I would love to know what you think a good leader is. The podcast that I started, the show is titled We All Serve. I could probably substitute We All Serve for We All Lead, especially those that have served in the military. There's a sense that some of it is taught, but some of it just happens. Training is all very intentional. It's all intended to ensure you're ready for whatever the world throws at us. These are people that lead by example. These are people that have, regardless of why they joined the service, you learn leadership lessons from everybody. I learn leadership lessons every single day from the soldiers that I'm privileged to lead. If there's probably one person that I look up to in everything, it's Admiral William McRaven, who was a Navy admiral. He famously spoke about how the most important lesson is making your bed. He basically said that every day he starts by making sure that his bed is made. And what that does is it kicks off a series of other decisions, including showing up on time to your meetings, including being prepared for your conversations, including making sure that you're being a quality individual in every aspect of what you do. 
You are one of the best networkers that I have ever met. Have you ever tried to reach Howard Schultz? I did at one point a couple of years ago. It didn't happen. Ultimately, I did connect with his former executive vice president, senior vice president. I've been fortunate to meet a lot of other fascinating, crazy, amazing people. I would love to know your thoughts on people in the community who are into being Insta-famous. I have taken pictures, I've been to the White House, I've taken pictures with President Obama and Michelle Obama, and I'm very proud of those pictures. They're hanging somewhere in my house over here. I've taken a lot of pictures with people, and it's really cool, don't get me wrong. So I'm not gonna be judgmental on anybody. I'd say 100% that my encouragement to anybody is make sure while you're snapping that selfie or that picture, make sure you're also asking a question and learning something from each and every conversation. What did you take from this experience? I'm in awe of the podcast title, Better Call Daddy. Totally in awe and respect of your respect. I'm also in awe of you learning from other people. You've talked to some people that have been through some pretty crazy things. And if one airing of one conversation can make the world a better place, then that's all worth it. Do you know, it's funny. I asked my dad, I said, should I focus on interviewing people that have millions of followers because I have access to those people? Or should I just follow my curiosity? And my dad said, don't discount anyone. If they want to be interviewed and they're willing to open up to you, one person's story may affect one person and that is reason enough to interview everyone. I love it. I love your dad. <laughs> it's totally spot on. I think with everything in life, one thing leads to the next. I booked Howard Schultz on Kathy Heller's podcast. You did? I'm so jealous. My role model. and you So let's some... try to reach him. I bet between the two of us, we could. Thank you. Have an awesome night. Thank you so you much. You too, you bet. You've heard from my mom. Now, let's hear from Grandpa. Let's welcome Shalom to Better Call Daddy. What a very nice uh, compliment at the end. But I'll tell you the funny thing about this story is because some of these lessons that he's shared with you, some of the service that my father served in World War II and had also tremendous admiration when he got transferred to Admiral Nimitz's ship. And he was in on the, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. And uh, he came off of a ship that was burning. He wrote a letter to the President of the United States where he wanted to continue to serve in the front line with his men and wanted to not necessarily take this position of a communications gig with Admiral Nimitz because he felt like he needed to be with his men. You know, when Mr. Truman, our president at the time, thought that he should be with Admiral Nimitz, that, that was the best way to serve his country. Obviously, my dad did that. You chose to serve your country, the United States of America. You didn't want to rock the boat, even though your kosher and your religion is very, very important. You didn't take a hiatus from it. He says, I'm going to learn to adapt and adjust. I'm going to be vegetarian. I'm going to work, fit in. I don't want to stand out. I don't want to be a dud. I don't want to be extra brilliant. I want to fit in and observe from the middle of the road what's really going on. What that did was give you a tremendous amount of enlightenment and maturity 
where you've learned tremendous leadership skills and are able to now follow that up with your experiences, now taking it back to your radio show. And you have not only revived yourself, but you've been able to kickstart a new look and a more in-depth look. It almost sounds like every person in this country should maybe learn to serve their country rather than saying, I deserve this and I deserve that. Maybe they should say, I deserve to support my country and take a little bit more pride in my country for all the wonderful things that it stands for. And we live in some crazy times right now where all of a sudden everybody thinks that the country owes them this and owes them that. And it should be probably the other way around. As John F. Kennedy would say, it's not sometimes what your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country. Joining the army to serve is one of the most noble things that a person can do. If you're interested in joining the army, you can find out more details on the Better Call Daddy website. To find Shalom's show, follow the link in the bio. I want to tell you about UMAP, a program that shows people who they are and how they'll be most successful. Not only did it win the 2020 Career Innovators Award from Career Directors International, but 100% of UMAP certified coaches recommend the program. Let's hear from today's coach, Michael Goldberg. Hi, this is Michael Goldberg, and I can't say enough about the UMAP certification course I'm currently taking with Christian Sherry. I've really learned a lot about myself, but more importantly, I've learned how to coach others, and I know that I can be a successful coach when working with my clients, especially in the recruiting area, and also my clients that are looking to possibly change careers. I definitely recommend you go out to UMAP and how you can become a certified UMAP coach. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and TuneIn. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.